Field just outside of Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, USA, with miles of wires and thousands of volts. We transmit worldwide. WTWW Lebanon, Tennessee, United States of America. Welcome to the Digicom Cafe, located at the intersection of faith and technology. We hope you enjoy your cafe experience where we cater to your digital and spiritual appetites and build interest in the amateur radio hobby, one story at a time. Please stand by as we get ready to launch this episode of Radio on the Rocks. You are about to listen to a Radio on the Rocks cafe cast with your host, Denny J, K5DCC, in the Digicom Cafe Communications Network. Enjoy Denny's reality radio activities of the day, including cafe news and updates, on-air contacts on satellites, and conversations on a myriad of RF and digital communications platforms, including guest interviews of amateur radio operators from around the world. So, pull up a chair, enjoy some cafe on ice, and fill up your glass with some radio on the rocks. Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Radio on the Rocks, my reality radio podcast here in the Digicom Cafe. This is episode for November 7th, 2019, and I won't be talking a whole lot because my cold has gotten much worse, and uh, I don't want to be coughing and sniffling here on this (laughs) broadcast. So I'll just give you a quick overview of what we've got uh, to look forward to here. Uh, We've got a conversation that I had with my friend Eddie, KQ6K, on uh, my Zello channel. If you guys want to have some good fellowship on a regular basis with a bunch of good guys, I recommend you come join us on Digicom Cafe 1, 2, or 3, or Digicom Cafe-Link on Zello. Also, the International Radio Network, Ham Radio Hub, Amateur Radio Hub, and ZMR channels. I highly recommend also. You can listen now to a conversation I had with Eddie last night about all kinds of things relative to amateur radio. Logging, uh, applications, FT8, uh, you name it. Uh, We kind of covered the gamut last night. Following that, we'll have an episode of My Favorite Pastime, which was a recording of AO91, a satellite pass here this afternoon, which uh, wasn't a whole lot of fun being outside for. It was below 40 degrees, kind of a stiff breeze. We had a couple inches of rain last night, uh, but that's all gone now, and things are just kind of a muddy mess out there. But anyway, we had a good successful pass. I made several contacts. Uh, That will be followed by some comments by our friend K9EI, Michael, down there in Texas. He's going to give us some satellite updates. After all that, we wrap it up with our friend K1BAD, the bad boy from Boston. Mello will have his closing devotional for the day. I want to thank you all for uh, listening into our podcast and sharing them. And I hope that it is uh, stimulating you to getting radioactive on the air. I've been involved in a lot of uh, things today. HF on 40 meters, on uh, 80 meters, FT8, uh, some D-Star, some DMR, and satellites. So... I had a fun day. I hope you had a good day too. 
And please, uh, take advantage of our voice message feature. Send me your comments, encouragement, suggestions, questions, anything that's on your mind. Introduce yourself with your name, call sign, QTH, and uh, whatever it is you like to share. You've got one minute of length on these uh, voice messages, so we'd love to hear from you. So now let's move on into uh, the rest of the podcast, and uh, starting out with my conversation with Eddie, KQ6K of California. KQ6K, good evening. KQ6K, K5DCC, in a thunderstorm. Ah, uh, good evening, Danny. How you doing? I'm doing good, Eddie. I'm wrapping up another podcast here, getting ready to uh, post it. Ah, uh, very good. Yeah, I had fun with my uh, Android TV, but uh, I tried getting it to work on all, not all, well, All Star or whatever, and and just didn't didn't seem to work right. Uh, I don't know if it was meant to be or not. On All Star, and you're doing that through DV Switch. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Uh, what was it? What was it not doing? Mine was working fine. Yeah, like if I send a command, like uh, do a star seven zero, um, and then takes about fifteen twenty seconds for it to happen. And on my uh, little H on the RT four, it's instantaneous. What uh, Android TV box did you get? And to think of the name of it. Eight, I think H ninety six. Go ahead. Guess what? Mine's an H96. Yep, same here. I forget what memory configuration. I ended up buying an SD card or putting an SD card in it. But, yeah, it, it worked out okay. Well, mine works pretty good. I don't have my uh, DV Switch server running at the moment. I've got another All-Star node I'm working on. So I uh, unplugged that, and I'm using the power cord and the uh, Ethernet cable for this as I'm setting it up got the all-star node installed now i'm working on the dmr side but uh i'm running into a roadblock here it won't install the dv switch software it looks like it is but there's nothing in the opt folder i ended up having to side load it that's the only way i could get dv switch on it oh really huh anyway hey when you were doing your ft8 going for the uh the big 488 grid squares did you ever make it no, I'd have to think how many grid squares I, I worked. I, I don't really recall. I, what I was shooting for is DXCC, but, or, you know, that didn't happen. I think I worked 71, uh, 71 countries, but I had a blast doing it. And what were you using for your logging program? Logging program I use is called DX for Win. You had the program that, that was on the FT8 uh, program, uh, and then all I did is I just you know, once it cleared the log, I uploaded it to DX for Win, and then uploaded that to Logbook of the World. Ah, so you're an LOTW user. I just got mine working. I had a lot of fun today. I found a website you probably already know about, qsomap.org. It doesn't sound familiar. No, I couldn't say. Okay, well, you'll have to take a look at it. You can use it for all kinds of stuff. I mean, it'll log all your all your contacts, all the different modes. And when when you open it up and register with them, you can connect it to your LOTW account and it'll bring in all your verified contacts and display them on a Google map. Uh, if you want, you can display it as a grid square and all the grid squares will light up if they're confirmed. Or if it's just a pin for DX, whether it's CW, single sideband, AM, whatever, FT8, it'll uh, indicate by the color of the pin 
what mode you were using. And uh, of course, it's all all verified through uh, the logbook of the world. It's pretty slick. Sounds like it. I, you know, when I started the thing, I, I snagged, uh, worked those states almost in a, probably less than, probably two months or maybe less. That one, I really had good conditions, I guess, at the time or a lot of interest. But like I said, I was hoping to get DXCC and only got up to 71. So it was still a lot of fun, though. Yeah, you know, I've never been much of a contester, but all of a sudden, since getting into satellite and realizing that all these guys out there are making contacts so they can get them confirmed and get their work to all grid squares, I decided it's my responsibility to uh, own this thing. <laughs> if I'm going to be involved in amateur radio, I probably need to be more professional about it than log these things. So I got that all set up, and I'm going to do my best from here on out after, I don't know, 50, I don't know, 40 years maybe. I, I think I logged on paper for the first 10 years. And then I just gave up logging. I didn't see the need of it. And I think everybody else seemed to drop it, too, unless they were serious about getting awards. So uh, I'm getting back into it again, and I'm going to try and work all grids. That'll be kind of a, a fun goal. And I'm going to get on FT8 and uh, have some fun working some DX there, too, and getting them logged. And, of course, with uh, WSJTX, it's uh, pretty easy. It logs it for you. You just dump it out into LOTW. And be done with it, and then you can see them all on the on the map, the Google map. I'm having fun. That part of it does sound fun. I probably put in probably a minimum of 12 hours a day working uh, FT8 last year. Took me completely off of my uh, my drone stuff. Let me tell you that I haven't flown my drone probably in a year and a half now. Oh my! Well, you just can't do everything, can you? Man, I was hooked on uh, chasing, uh, you know. Uh, grid squares on ft8 i was just absolutely enamored with it uh, seeing how i placed in california and in the world and so on and so forth i don't know what what made me think i could compete with some of the big guns there's guys out there uh, w i forget what i uh, forget the guy's call sign it might be a k3 or something like that but he uh, he had to average probably a couple hundred cusos a day and the only way I could see that happening is if he had multiple uh, operators operating a station for him, because there's no way in the world that one guy could do it unless he was completely automated. Well, it's obvious there's a lot of serious people out there. <laughs> you know, when there's no contest, like last weekend was the CW contest, and all the CW portions of the bands are just uh, hopping with activity. You won't find much now again now that the contest is over, and the rest of the HF bands are... You know, pretty sparse compared to what they were when I was young and first got into the hobby. I mean, you had to kind of barge in there and get some elbow room, you know, and try and have a conversation without splatter on both sides. <laughs> and now there's no problem. There's all kinds of empty spaces, except down in FT8. That is always uh, pretty packed. And uh seems like the bands are opening up. I was on 17 meters this week and uh, worked some good European DX on FT8. That's the first for me. Was one of my favorite bands when I was uh, when I had the, the nice antenna and everything. That's that was a a great band for just about everything. Loved uh, you know chatting. You know good play, good band, a lot of camaraderie, and didn't have when you get on twenty, you're dealing with the big guns, and I don't have a big gun station, but it sure was a lot of fun. So tell me, what did you have, and how much power did you run? Mine, well, it depends what you're talking about. For FT8. Um, 
like they say, 100 watts in a wire. I didn't even use that much. Uh, it, I probably average maybe 50, 60 watts. And uh, how did you have yours interface to the computer? Did you have a signal link or uh, data output on your on your uh, radio? What kind of radio did you use? I've got a FTDX 5000D. Uh, that's my my uh, my main radio, and I had a G5RV up about G5RV Junior up about well 15 feet. I had to keep it low profile because uh, not allowed to have antennas. About a third of the way into the thing, I was, man, I said, man, I want to get on 80, and I, I couldn't figure out how to do it. I ended up adding 25 feet of wire on each end of that G5RV, and that got me on 80. And then, watch out, the sky was the limit. Yeah, well, that's fun. It's tough when you can't get an antenna without uh, offending neighbors. I've got 15 acres here, and uh, very, very few trees around us so i've got for satellites it's perfect i mean i got a clear shot over most horizons all the way across the sky uh, the only thing uh, is a couple little ridges just uh, they're not they're not quite level you know we're not on flat ground at all and we're not on the highest hill here either but for satellite it does a really good job i pick them up pretty quick but yeah it, for me it was a lot of fun uh, um I've, I've done every mode, well, I, other than satellite and all that stuff. I've done just about anything I could dream of with the radio and the antenna. That when In my heyday of when I had a lot of fun until I got busted for having a big antenna up, I had a hex beam up. And let me tell you, I could work whatever I heard, I worked it. It was just a, uh, you know, the greatest operation I could have ever asked for, having that antenna. And somebody happened to be walking down the street and saw the antenna stuck up in the air after three years of it being there. Before that, I had a hybrid quad up, and I had that up for 13, 14 years. And nobody ever said anything. But, uh, I don't know, three years after having the hex beam up, somebody... Uh, decided to drop a dime on me and sent a letter to the homeowners association and it turned around and I got a letter from them and telling me to take it down if I didn't it was going to be ten dollars a day so I said okay oh ouch well that's too bad I don't know what's the big deal what who's it hurting it's not getting in anybody's tvs or anything I wouldn't imagine so uh anyway always got to be the spoilers out there Alrighty, well, I'm going to wrap up this uh, podcast, but I'll uh, I'll save our conversation for tomorrow. I need some more information tomorrow, some more interviews, uh, talking about FT8, seeing as it's going to be raining like the Dickens here. They're predicting three to four inches, and uh, we just got a string of it coming our way. It's uh, been thundering, lightning, and pouring. So tomorrow will be an indoor day, and uh, we'll probably include our little discourse here on FT8 and digital stuff so appreciate you Eddie have a good evening hope the fires are down there and staying away from you K5 DCC that's always been the, the biggest problem here uh, invariably I mean over the last X amount of years I don't know four or five years when we've had the fires invariably the fires that they end up putting the fires out and then the rains come and that's what did Santa Barbara and up in uh, um, up there wiping out uh, oh, Montecito, uh, Montecito where Ellen DeGeneres and Oprah Winfrey and some of the other uh, stars lived and all that stuff uh, that just they had not taken care of the streams and all the stuff just came screaming down because of the rain 
lucky enough here that there's no rain in sight and invariably it starts flood flooding and all that stuff but none in sight like i said denny good to hear you seven three kq six k all righty my friend good night be safe we'll talk to you tomorrow k5 dcc good afternoon denny j here k5 dcc in the digicom cafe for a my favorite pastime of AO91 on November 7th, 2019. Uh, it's a Thursday, it's 39 degrees and overcast. We've gotten two inches of rain and uh, it's kind of a mess out there. But I'm gonna go out and uh, work AO91, but I'm going to do a screen record so you can see the application, you can see how I track it. You'll see the uh, details right here. The start time is 12.45, 27. My time here, Central, in Arkansas, or 18.45.27 UTC. It's uh, 317 miles up. Right now it's 2,070 miles away and approaching very quickly. Anyway, I'll be starting here in uh, just uh, under two minutes. Uh, here's the, uh, the radar. We can expand that and show you where it's at right now. It'll be coming up from uh, the south here. Uh, going to be a, a bit to the west. You can see the radar is going to track it from the southwest to the northwest. So let me uh, get ready and get out here. Got a bit of a breeze today on top of it being so chilly. So uh, getting pretty close to time here. Get back into the radar. Turn my radio on here shortly. Shouldn't have to leave the driveway today. That'll be nice. So get out of the way of the trees here. Now if you look on the uh, app there, you see that little blue dot on the side. That is my elevation of my antenna. My phone is uh, stuck to the the boom of my arrow, and so I line it up so that that blue dot shows up in the middle of the white dot that gets the elevation right and then by rotating side to side you can see I try and get the boom to line up with the arrow on the compass so we got uh, 20 seconds get my radio ready you'll hear a countdown timer right. my radio So I've got my aero antenna in my right hand. I've got a UV-82 in the right pocket of my bag. Here we go. And I'm using my HT other UV-82 UV in my other hand. K5DCC, Echo Mike 36.
Charlie Papa Romeo, this is K5 Delta Charlie Charlie, Echo Mike 36. Uh, QSL, the Echo Mike 13, this is K5 DCC, Echo Mike 36. Thank you. K5. K7, K7, VNE, K5, DCC, how are you doing, Vince? I'm doing a recording for the podcast here today with a screen record, too. Five Delta Charlie Charlie. November six Charlie Kilo Charlie Delta Mike one two. November Kilo seven Victor November Echo Delta Mike four three. November six Charlie Kilo Charlie November six Charlie Kilo Charlie Delta Mike one two. Thank you. K5, Delta, Charlie, Charlie. K5, Delta, Charlie, Charlie, Echo Mike 36. Uh, Delta Mike 1 2, QSL Delta Mike 1 2, Elka Mike 36 here. N6 UA, K5 Delta Charlie Charlie, Elka Mike 36, thanks again. N6UA, we got you. QSL. QSL, Delta November 71. QSL, 
N6CKC, uh, K5DCC, Echo Mike 36. QSL, the Delta Mike 1 2. Whiskey 5, Charlie Baker Foxtrot, Kilo 5, Delta Charlie Charlie, Echo Mike 36. QSL. Whiskey India 6 Kilo, K5 Delta Charlie Charlie. The KI6 station, this is Kilo 5 Delta Charlie Charlie, Echo Mike 36. Victory United Fox, this is K5DCC, Echo Mike 36, QSL. And you can hear the signals are starting to fade out as we get uh, over the horizon. So there you go, a uh, visual video of AO91. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope that uh, interests you in working amateur radio satellites. Well, hello, Denny. This is Michael, K90R. And uh, we will try to give you some satellite updates for the broadcast. Recently, the upcoming satellite passes in South Texas, RON, Alpha Delta Zero Delta X-Ray, AD Zero DX, 
is vacationing in and near McAllen, Texas, and he will continue to do so up through the 9th of November. He has been giving out some very interesting grids, Echo Lima 6, 7, 8, 9, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19 over the week. And so be on the lookout for him if you are on the satellite passes. Ron's details can be looked at on his Twitter account, twitter.com slash AD0DX. And you do not need a Twitter account to follow his feed. Just simply go to that URL and um, you can see all of his upcoming announcements and when he is working those grids and grid lines. Also, Tanner, W9TWJ, has recently been vacationing in Illinois up through from the 3rd and through the 5th. And he has been activating the grid line Echo Mary 68 slash EM69 on the FM passes. And he's been, we've been very excited to see that, uh, giving out some very good, interesting grids there. Uh, upcoming on November 10th through the 11th, Glenn Alpha Alpha 5 Papa Kilo will be taking a trip down to Big Bend National Park in South Texas. And he will be operating in the Big Bend National Park from Delta Lima 89, beginning Monday, November the 11th. In addition, Glenn will be transitioning through Delta Mike 81 for a few good morning passes on his way there and staying in Delta Mike 80 on Sunday night. So again, watch his Twitter feed, twitter.com slash AA5PK. Beginning November 11th through the 6th of December, the Eureka Amateur Radio Club, VY0ERC, will be on station at the Polar Environment Atmospheric Research Laboratory. And they have some housekeeping duties to perform on arrival and just before they leave, not to mention that it's wickedly cold up there, negative 25 to negative 35 Celsius, not counting the wind chills. So keep an eye out on Victor Yankee Zero Echo Romeo Charlie's Twitter feed for announcements on when they plan to step outside and work some satellite passes. You can follow their information at twitter.com slash VY0ERC. There are many other passes that will be coming up in the near future, and I'll try to uh, let everyone know. But uh, we wanted to begin this process and try to give some information concerning the satellite passes and some rare grids being given out in the very near future. If anyone has any information or questions that they'd like for me to share out or answer, please pass the information through Denny or contact me directly. My Twitter account is twitter.com slash K9EI underscore TX. Be happy to answer any questions that I can, and I look forward to doing more of these sessions. So I'll turn it back over to Denny, and we'll say 73s, K9EI. Thank you. This is Michael, K9EI, checking in for some more satellite updates. Wanted to report that Husky Sat 1 was successfully lifted into space. A Cygnus cargo spacecraft carrying the University of Washington's Husky Sat 1 was successfully launched atop a Northrop Grum Grumman Antares rocket Saturday, the 2nd of November. The Cygnus spacecraft will dock with the ISS on November 4th. It is then scheduled to depart the ISS on January 13, 2020 and raise its orbit to approximately 500 kilometers 
where HuskySat 1 and SwampSat will be deployed. After deployment, HuskySat 1's 1200-bit-per-second BPSK beacon will be on 435.800 MHz and should be active. This beacon is decodable with the latest release of FoxTelem software. HuskySat 1 is expected to run its primary mission testing a pulsed plasma thruster and an experimental 24 GHz data transmitter for approximately 30 days. The satellite will then be turned over to AMSAT for amateur radio operation, featuring a 30 kilohertz wide, 145 MHz to 435 MHz linear transponder for single sideband and CW communications. For those interested in reading about HuskySat's one development, you can go to amsat.org's news bulletin and look up the University of Washington news article. This was the first student-built satellite in, from the University of Washington. And this CubeSat is a 3U or 3-unit system, meaning its shape is a stack of three CubeSat-sized blocks. And these miniature satellites were first created as a way for engineering students to test software with the smaller, cheaper devices that they could turn from start to finish in a few years. But the devices are growing in popularity with Planet and other companies now using nanosatellites for commercial ventures. So be on the lookout on Forhuskysat-1 in operation in the birds in the skies above. K9EF for the AMSAT Live podcast. Here at the Digicom Cafe Communications Network, we're all about the power of voice. Did you know you could listen to this cafe cast on your Echo Dot by simply asking Alexa to play Radio on the Rocks? I created this skill many months ago. I was looking for a way to do this very easily and quickly, and I ran across a very unique platform. It's called VoiceFlow. VoiceFlow is a wonderful platform that makes it easy to create powerful voice applications without any coding and faster than coding. There are many amazing tools out there to build voice apps, but their goal at VoiceFlow is to build the easiest, most powerful tool that gets as close to coding without needing to write a single line of code. So if you're interested in building your own Amazon skill for amateur radio, I suggest going to voiceflow.com and join their Facebook group, voiceflow.com. Today's daily devotional is entitled, Dealing with Sin, Exodus chapter 32, verses 26, 28, and 35 read, Then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him. Uh, so the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and about 3,000 men of the people fell that day. So the Lord plagued the people because of what they did with the calf which Aaron made. We see several things in today's reading. First, as we pointed out yesterday, Moses publicly calls out those who sinned against God, as their sin was very public. There will be times when we have to deal with sin in a way that God, in the way that God exposes it. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20, Jesus gave instructions on how to deal with a sinning Christian. 
process is quite simple as it calls for us to deal with someone one-on-one. If that person does not repent, then we are to bring one or two more with us. And if he or she yet refuses to repent, you bring them before the congregation. Scripture is clear that our responsibility in dealing with someone who sins against us is to first deal with it privately. We must do all we can to resolve the issue privately and then put it away. Once that happens, we are not to tell others about it, as now we sin by turning it into gossip. 1 Peter 4.8 tells us that love covers a multitude of sins. This does not mean that we don't hold others accountable for sinning, and uh, doesn't mean that we're not accountable for our sins. However, if we're able to resolve an issue, bring a brother or sister to Christ to repentance and confession, we must then forgive, keeping the situation private between us, the offending party, and the Lord, and move on. Our attitude in approaching and resolving a sin issue is outlined for us in Galatians uh, chapter 6 verses 1 through 3 where it tells us, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. In other words, we're to reflect on our own sinfulness and undeserving favor with the Lord, and then approach with humility, not thinking more of ourselves than we should. Only then will we be able to go into a situation with a heart of reconciliation looking to help that brother or sister come back into fellowship with the Lord and other Christians. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 24 to 26 tells us, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition of God, perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Moses clearly and publicly calls the people out for what they did, which in this instance was completely appropriate. What we see next is the price they paid for a refusal to repent and how God justly allowed 3,000 to perish on that day for their rebellion. So it will be for those who rebel against God, refusing to repent and rejecting the salvation that can only be found and obtained in uh, Christ Jesus alone. We know this from John 3.18, Romans 6.23. Finally, along with God's justice, we see God's grace. In verse 33, we see that God would not be moved in respect to those who perish because of their idolatry. However, we see His grace and how He dealt with the remaining people. Although they were spared, they were still punished for their sins. God uh, chose to allow them to suffer a plague as their consequence rather than blot their name out from His book. Uh, How much more, when we read this, should we be thankful and praise God for sending Jesus to pay the price for our sins? Think about this for a moment. We see a picture of how the law and Moses' intercession was not enough to give the people complete forgiveness from what they did. While God chose to forgive some with the consequences of being plagued, He chose to allow others to perish and and have their names blotted out, which was completely just on His part, as we know from verse 33. The scripture tells us that for us, there is no condemnation if we're found in, in, in Jesus Christ, in Romans 8.1. As born-again believers, we must do all we can to avoid being, being pulled back into a life of sin. A true believer will not live sinfully as a way of life. However, we are not exempt from stumbling. Therefore, God has provided for us us how we can restore one another with a heart of love and forgiveness. Let us not be like the Pharisee in Luke chapter 18 verses 9 through 14 who exalted himself before God, judging and putting down the tax collector. The tax collector, on the other hand, humbled himself and confessed he was a sinner asking for mercy. Jesus himself said that this tax collector, not the Pharisee, went home justified or declared not guilty. Dealing with sin is a part of Christian life. 
let us not be pharisaical in our approach, but be more like Jesus in, in how he dealt with sinners, bringing them closer to himself for their good and God's glory. Today, God extends an invitation to you to accept his free gift of salvation. Will you accept it? Anyone who calls on Jesus by faith and repentance, confessing your sins, will receive eternal life. Do not put off calling on him. Receive him and his free gift of salvation today. Thank you for visiting and listening to this radio on the Rocks Cafe cast. This podcast can be heard on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher apps, plus the embedded anchor.fm widget at digicomcafe.com. You can also listen to all of our cafe casts on your Amazon devices by asking Alexa to play radio on the rocks. Now, please stand by for a word from one of our sponsors. Is there somebody that you know that's trying to get their ham ticket? Trying to ham test online. It's easy. There's no drudgery to it. There's no dread to it. And right now you can get the technician exam study guide that's normally $29.95. And right now during this sale price, it's only $19.95. That's right. That's the technical study guide for the tech license for ham test online. Now, let them log in to HamTest Online and let them follow the program study guide. They'll get their ticket in a matter of a few days. Right now, the price is reduced to $19.95. So get online. And if you've already got all of your tickets, then ham it forward by buying this study program for someone who's trying and wants to get into ham radio. HamTestOnline.com. That's hamtestonline.com. <laughs>